We are back with Practical Parenting, the podcast that helps empower parents in the trenches, find joy in the process, and thrive through it all. I'm Christina Wales, here with my co-host, Dr. Terry Nguyen, Chair of Pediatrics at GBMC Healthcare. So last month, we talked about how to navigate sleep and help you and your child get good rest. And today, we're going to be moving on to the second pillar of our trifecta of health, movement. Now, Dr. Nguyen is allergic to the word exercise, right? <laughs> we don't yep. like to use that term. I think for a lot of others, that term can carry um, a negative connotation. And we're talking about exercise, especially for probably our generations. But movement feels more accessible, and it's a great way to model for our kids how to be active throughout the day. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to look prescriptive. Um, so today we'll be talking about the importance of moving our bodies and how to create consistent routine habits around these practices for the whole family. So um, I think the first thing we wanted to touch on, again, you know, using the term movement rather than exercise, just kind of changing the framework around how we approach movement. So how can we make it fun, especially for our kids? Any form of movement that brings a smile to their face, that gets them uh, moving their bodies. So really easy. Remember, little kids love those nursery rhymes, and they will dance to them, and they will, you know, just flutter in the um, outdoors and <laughs> head, shoulders, knees, and toes, <laughs> anything like that. So you can start with music, okay, when your children are younger. Those nursery rhymes, I think they're fantastic, and I'm not good at singing nursery rhymes or singing, period, <laughs> but I can remember it, and it brings a smile to my face, and then I'm moving, and, you know, and do you remember some of the, you know, younger children, um, toddlers, preschoolers, you've seen them outside, and they're spinning, and that's movement. That's fantastic. So that it's as simple as that, right? It's that body awareness getting in touch with um, my body, my spatial, um, you know, uh, the things around me, and then taking it in and, um, you know, moving your body within that universe that you've created. That's easy, easy, easy peasy, right? So there's dancing to music. You can do adventure walks, scavenger hunts. So we started at like the uh, toddler age. Now we're into the preschool, early school. Who doesn't like a good scavenger hunt? <laughs> and that's all movement. You know, you can make out a map and, you know, what items are we looking for? Maybe we're looking for a specific bug or um, a specific type of leaf or branch, a rock somewhere that has certain um, things on them. So, and then we move to sports, if that's something that your kid likes. So expose them and then help them, you know, then let them, you know, gravitate to whatever it is that, uh, that moves them. Now, for some people, that will be they'll stay in that dance mode, right? For some um, guys or gals, um, um, they'll gravitate towards the dance. Um, and I love that there is modern dance, there's hip hop. So it's not just all the traditional ballet, mm -hmm. um, you know, jazz, ballet, jazz and tap. That's that, that was like the traditional oh, yeah. combo, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's hip hop. I have a lot of boys doing hip hop dance and they love it. Um, and you know that, uh, football players, some of them, uh, actually did some ballet to help with their, uh, body awareness and their movement mm -hmm. also. And then uh, sports, like, you know, is it going to be group sports or is it going to be one-on-one -on -one competition? You know, again, they get to pick it, try it, and then see what they gravitate towards. I really want to encourage exposure to all forms of movement. 
And by that, I also would include martial arts. Um, you know, there in every Asian country, there is a martial arts. And then there's the Israeli martial art uh, also and the Brazilian. Jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. yeah. So expose your children. Sometimes uh, consider doing it with them. So when they were younger, for sure, you know, uh, dance parties when you're mm-hmm. little. Oh, we love a dance party. Yeah. We also love the brain breaks. I know we, you know, try to keep away from the screens probably more than, than not. But, you know, the brain breaks they have on YouTube where they you follow along. So it's, it's a lot of movement, but you're also following the directions and things like that. And mm-hmm. that really gets them up and sort of, you know, yeah. moving around. I think it's great. And, you know, we need to work movement into everything that uh, we do, whether it's our children or ourselves. Um, There are data there that, you know, movement um, is great to stimulate curiosity, creativity, your brain activity. Notice when you've sat for a few hours doing your work, you're kind of like, there's no creativity coming out. And you get up, you walk around, you move your body a little bit. And all of a sudden, like, it sparks again. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens for our children as well. So movement is integral to everything in our bodies, but it's also integral to our brain functioning as well. So I wish that children were getting five-minute breaks, movement breaks every mm-hmm. hour in elementary school and middle school. The high schoolers kind of get that worked in because they have to change classes, so they're walking, mm-hmm. okay? But the younger kids, like, sometimes they're sitting for two or three hours, Yeah. Right? Your brain is dulled by that time. So what are those benefits of movement, any form of movement, right? Um, It improves brain activity. Uh, It uh, improves your mood, helps you sleep better because you've actually physically worn out your body. And then um, for the kids who are kind of fidgety, movement really helps them get out the fidgets. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll even give you an example. A child who has um, lots of activity and hyperactivity and maybe some impulsivity in the office and, you know, is kind of bouncing around in the office. I'll say, hey, give me 10 jumping jacks, 10 burpees. And I do it with them, by Mm, the way. Nice. And so I get a little movement in myself. (laughs) And then the kid does it. And boom, like they can sit and have a chat for Mm. like five minutes. Whereas before, I couldn't even finish them my sentence before they were up and doing and touching and doing things. So that was also modeling, right? So I'm not just going to ask you to do it. I'm going to show you that I'm going to do it with you. And I'll give them choices. You know, do you want to do jumping jacks? Do you want to do burpees? Whatever you want to do, okay? Or make it a contest. Yeah. What kid doesn't like to beat somebody at a contest, right? So, um, yes, another thing I do. (laughs) You think that I'm just jumping around all the time in my my office. (laughs) I I do a fair amount of that movement, and that counts towards my steps in my step counter every day. Um, So, um, will any form of movement. And, you know, I also use movement um, for the kids who are anxious. So, here's the thing, right? There's this overwhelming feeling when you're anxious. It's it's your whole body, um, your para, your sympathetic nervous system has taken over, and you're in fight, flight, or freeze mode. Okay, um, so you actually have to do something physiologically to move your body into uh, the parasympathetic, you know, more even keeled stage. But you know, I would love to say everybody just breathe. No, once some children, they get caught up in that spiral already Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, um, the adrenaline and the cortisol has started pumping out, 
they can't slow themselves down to breathe. It's okay? like a tantrum. Once yeah. it starts, you can't stop it. So what can you do when that anxiety or that panic has already set in? Move. Put on your favorite music and dance, okay, because it's shaking it out. Mm-hmm. Um, do those jumping jacks. Anything, okay, but the actual physical movement knocks you out of your um, uh, sympathetic overdrive and back into the even flow of your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. So movement serves so many purposes. So you might say, so what's the requirement for kids versus adults? The recommended amount of extra... Did I say that word? (laughs) Movement for children is one hour, 60 minutes of movement every single day of the week. Seven days a week, 60 minutes, okay? And, you know, so your parents here listening to us, I want to tell you, the American Heart Association recommends for all of us um, 30 minutes, five days a week, okay? And you can definitely do things that are short spurts. And Mm -hmm. sometimes, and that's, you know, uh, that's called HIT, right? High-intensity interval training. If you do that, you could have a very good workout, cardiac workout for your body in as short as six to seven minutes as opposed to what you might be doing for 30 minutes in the gym. I thought that was an interesting point you brought up about um, – because I think sometimes when we think about kids in movement, it's like more encouraging them to do it, especially now in the day of screens and, you know, all these other distractions and things that they could be doing. Mm -hmm. But what about the kids who are more predisposed to be active? How do we keep them active and just, you know, really filling that bucket that they want want filled? So that was an interesting – Perspective. Yeah. So you're moving. You're even encouraging even more movement. But remember, if you notice, some children who may have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder are among some of the most creative kids. Oh, yeah. Right. And what did I say? Movement is related to creativity. Right. So we're big on like at dinner time. You know, I know um, we were always taught, you know, got to stay in your seat, eat your dinner. But, you know, if they're feeling like they need to move, we just say, okay, say you need, you know, five minutes break. And then they just get up and they dance or do whatever they have to do, jump on whatever they have to jump on, and then they come back to the table. So, you know, obviously we're not jumping with food in our mouth and anything unsafe, but, you know, it's a good way to break that up and just say, yeah. okay, you don't have to sit here if your body's feeling anxious. You can get up and take some time and come back to the table. But just giving them that freedom to sort of like – listen to their body and whatever exactly. it's saying. I love it. Being in tune with your body because mm-hmm. our brains and our physical bodies are very integrally connected, right? Our vagus nerve, which is our 10th cranial nerve, goes from your brain all the way through the back of your throat, you know, your face, the back of your throat, down through all of your GI tract. So that's why when you're anxious, guess what? You do feel it in your gut. You do feel like something stuck in your throat. Because that nerve that is being stimulated um, is the vagus nerve, and it connects all those parts of your body. So, so your head, yeah, your head feels like it's going to explode. Your throat feels like you're going to choke, um, or you can't swallow, maybe. And your stomach may feel like butterflies, or that you might puke. And there so is, literally trust your gut because yeah. it's connected to your brain. Right. <laughs> and um, and serotonin, which is um, the chemical that we need to have more of um, if you tend towards a lower mood state, um, that's made in your gut. 95% of it is made in your mm-hmm. gut. Yeah. So it is to- it's not just in your head. It's, yeah. It's in your head and all your body, and it is totally connected. Um 
So movement has many benefits, right? So it's mind, body, and spirit. Um, it's great for your mood. It's great for sleep. It's great for your creativity. There was even a, um, there have been some studies that compare children who sat at their desks to learn versus children who had standing desks. And it's like a 50% difference wow. in um, focus and uh, work, hmm. okay, when they had standing desks. So standing desks are not just for us adults. It's also something I'd love to see in schools, yeah. um, you know, as another form of increased movement, mm-hmm. okay? And what's, what's another form of proof that the movement is so integral? Um, after the summer, if there are children who have not had the opportunity to go to camps and, and do, uh, you know, things outdoors, um, lots of activities, the kids who are just, um, I call them, uh, maybe they're stuck inside and um, not a lot of activity and they're really, uh, <laughs> I think it was called the boob tube when I grew up, <laughs> but <laughs> any kind of screen, okay, Um they actually gain weight over the summer, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, and they, you know, they've like lost, um, you can lose about 40% of what you learned the prior school year over the summer. So that kind of lack of activity and movement also impedes all kinds of development, um, you know, and it, it, it increases your, your body size also. Mm-hmm. So movement, movement, movement. And you know what? Um, here are four really easy ways um, how to create a good habit out of movement. Um, you have to model it as a parent. And how many times have we talked about modeling and consistency and regularity, right? So if your children or your young adults in your household see that you're doing movement and you find joy in it, you know, it, it can like kind of just permeate and that they like to do those things and do it as a family. Like walking a dog is walking your dog is a great movement activity because mm-hmm. dogs walk at a pretty brisk pace unless they're really old, and you know, and you can go on a scavenger hunt with your dog, right? So that's a great family activity. So do it together. Um, you're modeling, but you're also doing it as a group. And again, there's no, there's nothing about the word exercise in that, right? We're going for a walk. We're going for a scavenger hunt. We're going to have a dance party. Um, Whatever it is, you're doing it with people that you love or like, and you're doing it in a group to kind of just encourage it. But I feel like let's hold on to that notion, too, because I feel like so often – like, our kids are paying attention to us. They they really are, like, probably more so than you think they are. And I remember distinctly my dad – not eating vegetables. And I was required to eat vegetables at dinner every single night. And my dad wouldn't eat them. And I remember asking, why isn't he eating vegetables? He doesn't like them. Well, I didn't like them either. But if you don't do it as a family and you don't show your kids that it's because then the assumption is, okay, well, he doesn't like vegetables. He doesn't have to eat them. He agrees that they're gross, you know? So, and then you develop this negative relationship. Now, vegetables aren't bad for all the kids that are in the car listening. Vegetables are great. And I found the ones that I like, but it's the idea that if what they're taking away from that disassociation, it's, you know, the mom getting dressed in the mirror and talking negatively about how she looks in the mirror, you know, all of these things they're picking up and they're hearing the words, but they're internalizing the reaction that you're having with this situation. So if you look at exercise as this negative 
sorry, movement, <clears throat> as this negative thing that is such a pain and a chore to do, you know, then your kids are going to internalize that. And it's going to be hard to motivate them to do this because they're going to have this negative association with it. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I think our children learn through osmosis of their environment. Okay. They are sponges. They really are. So here's something that my son said uh, at some point in the past, and I found it um, really interesting. He said, you know, he's like, why are you always exercising on vacation? Mm. He's like, you're always doing something movement. Because I'm like, I love movement, and I can't do it as much as I'd like when I'm working. He's like, you're bike riding, and then you're doing yoga, and then you're walking on the beach, and then you want us to go on a family walk. You know, I'm like, because I love it. And, you know, um, so it's not a chore. Mm-hmm. That's That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I wish I could do more of it. You know, so that setting that example and doing it with your children makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, or else if you're, uh, we all feel really tired at the end of a work day. Uh, myself, 200%, right? <laughs> but if I were to go home and just, you know, um, sit on the sit on the couch and Netflix away, that's what my children will see as what you do to decompress. Mm-hmm. Um, what I actually do to decompress is I go walk the dog. <laughs> I mean, dogs are so wonderful, and uh, you're moving. Uh, so your your movement and you're doing it with someone you love can't be beat. Maryland SPCA, if you would like to sponsor this episode of the podcast for getting a dog to walk, please message us. <laughs> we would love to do it, okay? And um, so that's, that's the spiel on movement. It's great for you. Um, make it not onerous, okay? So how do you build a habit? Yes. Okay. Um, you want to make it obvious. Like this is something that you can do. Um, I will, you know, walk um, at, you know, whatever time and in whatever location. And how often will you do it? Or you can habit stack it, okay? Um by saying that you will, um, after I do whatever it is that I'm doing now, I will add, you know, I will walk. After I have my coffee, I will walk. After I come home from work, I will walk, okay? Um, The idea is to build, like, little steps, momentum, and then build on it. Um, and I am taking all of this from um, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. James Clear, Atomic Habits. It's great. He breaks it down into really four ways to create habits. The first is to make it obvious. Second is to make it attractive. Be with similar groups of people who enjoy doing what it is that you're doing. You know, so that's why it makes a lot of sense, right? Kids make friends in their sports or in their extracurricular activities because they're surrounding themselves with people who have the similar interests. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where it comes in. Do it with the people you love. Do it with the people you admire. Do it, uh, you, you know, um, this is why influencers have um, have real careers out there um, because they influence people on whatever habit or activity it is. Um and make it a ritual. Do something you enjoy right after it. So mm. let's say you you want to walk more, okay? So uh, maybe after your walk, 
Um, what would be something that you really um, treat yourself to a nice coffee, maybe? Treat yourself to a nice tea. You know, something that brings you joy, right? We talked about rewards with kids. It exactly. works for us, too. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then you got to make it easy, okay? <laughs> Please. You know, if you have to go get in your car and go to the gym to start your exercise, I'm never new doing exercise regimen— you're never going to do it. But I will say I was talking with one of my neighbors who said if she doesn't sign up for a class and go and there's somebody accountable for her, mm -hmm. she won't do it. Well, so it really depends on your personality. I would not be motivated by that. I would just say I have to drive. I'm not going. But she knows, oh, somebody's counting me. I paid for that class. I'm going to go. And that's what motivates her to get in the car. Yeah. But before she got to that point, Christina, I bet you she did some micro steps to be able to get to that, right? Mm -hmm. So what um, in Atomic Habits, uh, James Clear says, you do small increments and mm -hmm. then you habit stack and then the, the habits build mm -hmm. and then it becomes an automatic thing that you do. So, you know, maybe the first step to that person going to the gym was that they wake up in the morning and they put on their sneakers and they go outside and walk for five minutes mm -hmm. and then they build it up. And then you have to remember when you get that little adrenaline, you know, that adrenaline rush or that dopamine rush, like, oh, I feel better. I have more energy. You use that as the momentum to keep you going to the next step. And that might mean, oh, I've built up some endurance. Maybe I can try something new. I can mix it up. Maybe I can go to the gym. And you know what? You can't just go to the gym and do um, an intense workout class if you have never done it or you haven't done it in a long time. So you might go and you do whatever movement activity you want around the gym for five minutes. And that's it. Low expectations here, mm -hmm. right? And then you build up the momentum to be able to do which, whatever activity it is for 30 minutes, uh, half an hour, 30 minutes, an hour. But again, once you're in the gym, you're around people who are doing the activity that mm -hmm. you are aspiring to do. So that's where some of her momentum may be by going to the gym. Yeah. And I love this for parents, too, because I feel like maybe some of them are thinking, oh, we got into the habit. My kids get on screens immediately in the morning and I can't get them off for an hour. And it's just, so, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do this. OK, well, Dr. Terry says, try to get them outside for five minutes, you know, and if five minutes, you know. And work your way up. Don't expect to just cut the screens and just, you know, then right. you're going to get a meltdown and we're all going to be stressed. So maybe try and just do it incrementally and see what we can build. And then eventually you'll be doing it for so long that they'll forget they even did the screens to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> you, you caught it right. At, you hit it right on the spot there. It is you just take small steps and you're building the momentum to make it an automatic response, mm -hmm. okay? So that it's an automatic response that I wake up and I want to be outside and be in the fresh air. Or I just want to move, like mm -hmm. move my body when I get up. So it's about establishing habits and establishing routines. And the last, um, the, the fourth part is making it satisfying, okay? It has to be something that gives you an, uh, an oomph feeling afterwards and that, you know, it it builds that dopamine rush for you and that feeling of satisfaction so that you'll come back to doing it. Um, so this is all about this habit loop, right? You get a cue or an external stimulus um, on something, and then, um, you know, it, it triggers a response 
and then you have to have a, a reward um, in order for that loop to continue. Um, so finding the trigger for movement, joyful movement of any way, shape, or form, and then adding it on to something perhaps that you already enjoy doing so that you can piggyback that and you're building that habit and habit stacking. And then the reward, right, it's kind of like a double reward because you tagged it onto an activity that you enjoyed already, and now you're adding on something extra, and soon your brain then recognizes those two, you know, the added, um, the added activity to your prior activity. They pair together, and they give endorphins together, the reward together. Mm-hmm. And that's how you create a new habit because it becomes automatic. You know, so you walk into a dark room, you automatically turn on the light. There's no thoughts there. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't it be great if you could get up in the morning and know that getting up means, you know, I can start my day with music and dance um, or whatever movement it is that makes you really happy. I think it's brilliant that now they have these uh, high-intensity interval training workouts that are six to seven minutes. Like, it's not hard to commit six to seven minutes. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to commit to a whole gym workout of an hour or 45 minutes. You have to go somewhere. You have to do something. You're just fighting an uphill battle, okay? You're, um, whereas when you make something very obvious and you make it attractive to yourself and easy to do because there's not a lot of things that you have to overcome and then make it satisfying, you have a new habit. I mean, all those words sound great to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I feel like we have really talked, we've moved around movement. Mm -hmm. We've talked about all the benefits, um, how to do it, types of things we can do, how to create a habit. Um, So let's get out there and put it into practice. What do you say? (laughs) And everybody get up and dance. Put on your favorite music. Dance, dance, dance. And, you know, it's really hard to have anything but, like, either exhaustion or joy after you move your body. Agreed. Um, And uh, don't just say it to your kids. Do it with your kids, Mm -hmm. okay? Or, oh, my gosh, movement. When you're in a heated, like, debate or conflict with your child, you can say, time out, time out. Let's just have a movement movement break. Turn on the music and dance. And then, you know what? Afterwards— the tensions and the emotions have diffused. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels better because they got a little bit of that dopamine rush, that endorphin rush. And you didn't have to do, I don't know, whatever. You didn't have to get into that spiral, that emotional spiral that mm-hmm. you were in. So there are so many reasons to do it, and there's so many benefits to it. And you can use it for so many things in your life is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. It's not just beneficial to your heart and your body. It's really beneficial to your mood, to your mind, to your creativity. I wonder if people thought of it that way. Like it builds all these other muscles in the body besides mm-hmm. your physical body muscles. If that would make it more attractive. I mean, it's and it's free and it's not a pill and there are no side effects. Yeah, just don't overdo it, right? <laughs> just don't overdo it. Um, but, yeah, something easy that um, can bring so many benefits to your life. And it doesn't even have the word exercise in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, everybody get out there and move and then tell us what you think. Yes. <laughs> we want to hear all about it. And the more creative, the better. Awesome. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.